0: the Empire State Building, a stone and steel marvel rising a
1: quarter mile high. But today was ill-fated for the building itself. (laughs) When Eartha Brute copped a copter and parachuted down onto Manhattan like a big piece of bad news, she scooped up the skyscraper, shook it up and down, and giggled like an idiot. (laughs) Then stomped out of town. Now, it's up to you, gumshoes, to wrap up today's case. (laughs) Hall of the Roman Empire.
2: Welcome to Geek Squatch, where we scratch your nostalgia itch with 80s and 90s hydrocortisone cream. It may have expired, but why not try it anyway? I'm your host, Colin Perkins, and we finally made it to the Witwix episode. That's right. Witwix, or more commonly known as Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, was born in the 80s from an educational computer game and flowered in the 90s with a popular game show on PBS. The brand has over 50 entities associated with it, everything from over 20 video game titles to TV shows and tabletop board games, and it continues to produce educational content for kids and young adults to this very day. But before we scour the globe for our troublemaking trench coat-clad thief, let's take a second to introduce our co-host with a question. What's the first thing you remember stealing as a child, Alex?
1: <laughs>
2: Alright, man. The first
0: thing... Of many. Uh, I was a damn delinquent, man, just so bad. Uh, the first thing I remember stealing as a kid, I would say Sonic the Hedgehog comic books from the uh, local whatever, I think it was a Kroger wow. uh, grocery store. Um, I used to, my mom would take us to the grocery store and I would... uh she would, you know, let us go look at the comics and read magazines and stuff like that while she did grocery shopping because it was the '90s and no one cared. My mother was insanely negligent, so, uh, <laughs> so I would go over there and read these comic books. And then my mom wouldn't buy them for me because they were a couple bucks a piece. So I started rolling them up and shoving them down my pants leg, like <laughs> wrapping them around my thigh, and I would just walk out with them. Just nice. look around,
2: like I'm out. <laughs>
0: yep, yep. Just cram that bitch right down there and just go home and read my weird, my weird crotch comics.
2: Brandon, come on, you got something, right?
3: I do absolutely have something. So I had a I had a quick little klepto phase. Absolutely. So one Christmas, I got a. This is gonna have a little bit of story behind it. I had a coat for Christmas. It was a, one of those nice starter jackets, and it was a Colorado Buffaloes one. Like I'm in I'm in Colorado. My parents got me this Colorado Buffalo starter jacket, which was the the thing. It was like so fucking cool. And um, I stole some cards. I don't know if they were comic cards or sports cards from Walmart. I remember running out of the store after I took them out. I stuffed them down these like puffy arms of my jacket and <laughs> hid behind the huge. building next to it. And they were they were like puffy. You know you can get packs of cards oh, yeah. in there. And I took put packs of cards in there. And I felt like I got chased by security. I don't know. I don't know if I was or not. But I felt like security was like on my ass. <laughs> so I quickly left. I hid behind a building that was near the Walmart. And you open and them. uh and I. And I, well, I don't know if I opened it then. I was panicked. <laughs> um, I never wore that coat again in fear of that I would be caught, that I was oh, on camera wow. as a kid that stole from Walmart like three packs of cards. Like, I thought they had like security footage of me in this coat. And like, I pictured like, like, most wanted videos like picture videos of me in this coat like f- if you see this kid in this colorado buffalo starter jacket he stole cards from us and i just had that in my head and uh i still feel bad to that day for to this day for never wearing that jacket again which probably cost my parents like 150 bucks for christmas so you feel worse um,
2: for, ste- for not wearing the jacket than you do for stealing <laughs>
3: I, I do. I feel worse. Ah, I mean, that, you waste that like a $150 never jacket and waste like $9 worth of cards. Man. I could I mean, never yeah. explain to my mom why I wouldn't wear this jacket out. <laughs> no, mom. I just fucking hate it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so that's absolutely – so it was either cards and then like I was absolutely at the same period I was stealing a lot of Pogs.
2: Oh, all right. Yeah. From,
3: from convenience stores. What's
2: up? What's up? Caleb, what you so, get?
3: I stole
4: candy once. Just um, once?
2: I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember Literally, what
3: was. Caleb means once, One guys. time. Caleb stole one time I think I life.
4: accidentally walked out without paying for, like, a soda oh. one time as well. Um, but you guys got to understand, like, I'm super straight-laced. So, uh, mm-hmm. I've never stolen anything int- intentionally except for that one time and I got caught and I got reprimanded, and that was the end of it. So
2: My um, my story, <laughs> so I, we had a, um, it was called the Oly Store. So, if you're from Northfield, you probably know what, uh, Northfield, Minnesota, you probably know what Ole Store is. And I, I forget how old I was, six, seven, eight, something like that. But they they, they had candy just right at hand level. They was just asking to be stolen from a little kid. <laughs> um, so I know I did that. The, the the worst one, though, I think was, it was probably right around the same time, is um, I went over to a neighbor's house and stole a bunch of his baseball cards. And got oh. caught. I got found out, and my parents made me go over there and give it back to him. But I forget. I don't think he was there when I had to give him back. So I just like left him on the front door and ran off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always had i had a I had a very long uh, like klepto career when I was younger. Um, like I was I was just honest. I was just a real rough kid, real bad kid when I was younger. But uh, I always had a rule, man. You couldn't steal from people. You know, you couldn't steal from mm-hmm. people. You always steal from fucking stores. You know what I mean.
2: Which somehow,
0: like somehow, that's better. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Honor amongst Sticky thieves, kind of, of, of thing. Yeah. That's right. I don't know, dude. I was like nine. You know what I mean?
2: All right. Well, we are going to be talking bigger thefts. So we're going to be talking people stealing the Great Tower, the leading Tower of Pisa, uh, in a little bit. But we'll be right back after these words. All right, gumshoes, for our next clue, it's time for rockaballa. <laughs>
4: Midwestern state, one that borders on Superior Lake, and it's called the Mall of America, where Eartha now has gone. Acme says, Earth, you're a crime girl. What an end makes you be such a crime.
2: All right, we are back to talk a little Carmen San Diego, and make sure to stick around because at the very end of the show, instead of Crypto Geekology, we'll be playing our very own "Where in the World is Carmen San Diego." So make sure to stick around for that. But before we dive into the history, the memories, everything that was "Where in the World is Carmen San Diego," let's take a little bit of a trip uh, around the horn and talk to our co-hosts and see what they thought of, what they remember uh, this great edutainment. Um, entity in their mm-hmm. life, Alex. What do you remember from Little Carmen, San Diego? Two stories,
0: man. Number one, uh, just as far as the experience of the product and the brand itself. Um, I remember, I remember the animated TV show. Um, and I was telling you guys earlier when I was trying to watch this stuff. I watched that, and I was like, "Man, what is this bullshit theme song? This is not the, the theme, theme song." song, song I remember, so it's weird. Yeah, I don't remember the theme song, or I don't remember remember the show, the uh, game show either of them, but I remembered that theme song, and it kind of in my mind applied that to the animated show, so at some point I had to have watched all of that, I just, I didn't remember, so, um, but that's about it, I didn't, I wasn't really super into this. My other experience was, uh, I work. I was at a school, this is my, kind of my first real job I ever had, in any way, I was at a school that uh assigned kids jobs, and I could go on and on about the logistics of that, but it was really cool, we all got to work, and we got, like, you know, paid a weekly, um, a weekly paycheck basically for like having good grades and behaving correctly and doing your job correctly. My job was overseeing the computer lab and installing uh, computer games and kids would come in and they'd sign up for time blocks and they paid five micro dollars or whatever to, to play. Um, and long story short, I ran a side hustle scheme where I charged real-life cash for people to play Carmen Sandiego, got busted, got fired, and yeah. So that's like – that's my overall <laughs>
2: Carmen Sandiego experience. That's great. That is great. Brandon, what do you remember from the, from the classic –
3: um I remember playing it as the computer game. Uh I, I we definitely had it and me and my siblings would play it at home and I remember enjoying it a lot. I remember being familiar with the game show on was it on was it a PBS show? Mm-hmm. Was it PBS?
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: Yes. Um and I remember being familiar with that and watching it here and there but not like not you know a ton. It was more about the computer game. I remember playing that a lot more often. Um, when we got a computer as kids, um, we were really into it. We played a lot of that, played a lot of Monkey Island together, um, and other sh- other games, but Carmen Sandig was definitely one of the games we owned and played a lot of, my brother and sister. Kayla, what do you remember? Uh, I
4: watched both the cartoon and the PBS show, the game show. Um, I played the video game as well sometime in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, my grandmother had a, a Mac, and she had like Mavis Beacon typing, and I did that, and... Played this game as well uh, once or twice, and yeah, I, the TV show, the cartoon was okay. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the game show a lot more, and actually, it kind of holds up because my I was watching it with my four-year-old today, and he was he was digging it. He didn't get any of the questions right; he didn't even know how to answer <laughs> them. But he he really liked the format and the the interludes and stuff like that.
2: That's hard not to. I mean, so. I mean, the target. Uh, we'll talk about it later. I mean, the target is for you know, the, kind of these. It's kids. Um, it's trying to make education fun, so it makes sense. Um, yeah. What I so I remember. Um, this was kind of a time where I was I was into computers and I was kind of figuring out like video games and stuff like that. And um, I, I any type of video game like if my friend had a video game you know or his dad had a computer i'd be like hey what, g- what kind of games you got on that g- <laughs> what kind of games you got on there let's go play that like some crappy golf game or some you know some racing game i don't remember all the names but um mm-hmm. um so my dad had a he, he bought a tandy if you remember that uh that brand and um somewhere yeah. along the line we got a where in the world is carmen san diego i remember playing that game and then i was excited when i actually saw on pbs the game show came out and i, I watched a lot of that show um, just for the same reason that we were just talking about, it was you know it was it was education done kind of cool for, for that age group, and, and um, I always remember the prizes. You know, we'll talk about prizes later, but uh, those prizes want, kept me. I was like, oh man, I want one of those. I want a color pocket color TV. I want one of those. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so uh, why don't we cover off on kind of the overview of what the the so the game so it started as a video game way back in the day, and the, um, the original Where in the World is Carmen San Diego established, uh, established the formula that was followed faithfully by all of the other games um, through the 80s and early 90s. Um, the formula involved a series of missions in which the user tracks and apprehends each of Carmen's underlings. Uh, each case begins with the user being alerted with that uh, some wacky theft has been committed. Uh, the gumshoe then must find clues to discover the suspect's next destination and create an arrest warrant describing the guilty party's attributes. Uh, the cu- culprit travels through a series of different destinations in an attempt to shake off any pursuers, so the user will have to continue tracking the thief from uh, for around. You know, you have to go to different destinations to, to figure out all the clues. Um, the game uh, will then continue in this manner until the user catches up to the culprit, at which point the thief is arrested, and if the uh, warrant that you set earlier, the person that you essentially guess, um, is correct... Um, then the, the, um, the user will put the thief into the Acme prison. Um, essentially you, you keep doing that and you gain levels as you go and eventually you will the, 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 um, the thief is eventually Carmen San Diego at the very end. And So you end the game by finally catching Carmen San Diego at the end. Um, I don't remember ever making it that far. Maybe I did. Um, Caleb, do you remember actually beating the game when you play it? No.
4: I no, I never beat it
2: yeah I don't I think I think it, it probably took a while I guess I didn't look up data on how long it you know how, all the ranks that you had to make it to but you actually I mean if you play any game any video game like game show you eventually kind of remember all the answers um so I'm sure if you stuck with it and played it long enough you would be able to get that far without knowing anything any of the geography and whatnot but um
3: mm-hmm.
2: Brandon do you, what do you remember from uh playing the game
3: Ultimate goal, you wouldn't have to get that far by remembering it. You would be learning about the <laughs> geography of the of what it was. Um, you know, I don't have, I don't remember uh, beating it necessarily, um, so I'm not sure, but um, I do remember playing it. I do remember all these all these screen caps that I've kind of seen by looking it up. I, I absolutely remember playing this game where you'd go to certain areas and. Um, you had a, you get, you got like a choice of like three locations in each city you could choose to go to, to look for clues and like talk to people and they'd give you like clues for the next city or area they were going to. Um, and it was very much like, you know, just educational stuff all the time. So, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I always enjoyed kind of learning like that. I think that's kind of, we're probably the first generation of kids that really learned, had the opportunity to learn like this, right? Yeah. Like Oregon Trail type mm-hmm. of stuff, and like this Carmen San Diego and like learning about history and geography and all the different stuff through a video game was was super cool. But um, as far as beating it, I'm not sure.
4: It's really interesting, like that people who were trying to educate kids like jumped on the video game bandwagon relatively quickly. Um, mm-hmm.
2: But video cause... games rot your brain, I thought, don't they? Like, don't... <laughs> is it all about mm-hmm. but violence? But the kids and... are doing it,
4: Colin. We got to do what the kids are doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's legit though. I mean, it's a good, it's an interactive medium, right? I mean, that's that's always my um, I guess argument mm-hmm. for video games. It's like you're not staring at a screen, you know, and the screen is just talking to you. You're 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 participating in it, and um, so it's 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 a perfect medium for doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game originally was created uh, by Brooderbund. So I put the logo in there for the. Um, for the for you guys, so you so I, I, Bruderbun didn't didn't wreck didn't ring any bells for me. But when I saw the logo, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that logo before mm-hmm. uh, from the game. So Bruderbun was a software company uh, co-founded by Gary Carlson and his brother um, back in um, let's see, in 1990 was when the the uh, company was originally founded. Uh, Gary Carlson uh, proposed the original idea uh, to one of his programmers, Dane Bingham, in '83. Um, the idea was to create a franchise um, of a to create a computer game, which kids could you know be, get interested in geography, uh, which was a, a childhood hobby of Gary Carlson at the time. Um. So so, bro- can we get a nerd yeah, alert? Yeah, yeah. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a note later on, but it's like these guys. If you if you're going to a house party, you want to you want to hang out. You want to hang out with these Carlson boys because <laughs> they got a lot. <laughs> Them Carlson of boys. Let me tell you. Uh yeah, they, they, I'm sure it would be just a t- tilt a world of fun just hanging out with those guys. Um, so they started a company uh, doing video games back in uh, the very early '80s, and some. Of, so I have the list here: um, Choplifter, which I've never heard of; um, Load Runner, which I think we've heard of; Kara, Karateka was another game, but Prince of Persia. All of a sudden, Prince of Persia—they developed mm-hmm. that game yeah, for right? the Apple II. Uh, the print shop was one of their big. That's just a software um, originally for printing signs and banners on Dot Matrix printers, and that was a mm-hmm. huge part of their business. Mm-hmm. And then they published.
3: Is Dot Matrix the ones we could pull off the edges? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's a character
2: in reboot.
4: That's what you're talking
3: about. And then uh, I used to pull off the she edges and then the make room. little springs out of yes. them, like fold them together and make a <laughs> spring out of it. Oh yeah. yeah just kind of that was a, that's yeah. Um,
2: but then we get to Mist. <laughs> they published Mist, which Damn. is. Pretty that's I mean that's that's a, that series was pretty revolutionary for video games at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Carmen San Diego oh, games. Yeah. They dropped those Carmen San Diego games. So they were founded in Eugene, Oregon, um and moved to San Rafael, California <laughs> later on.
4: It's San San Rafael. Nobody says San
2: Rafael. Oh not
4: like so Rafael the,
2: the turtle. No.
3: Uh,
4: technically I think you <laughs> might be correct, but everyone says San Rafael uh, in, I gotcha. in California.
2: Alright. <laughs> Um, so yeah, these Carlson boys created the uh, Bruder Bun to essentially market Galactic Empire, which sounds awesome. Galactic Empire, nineteen eighty. That sounds dope. You can imagine like all the little dot pixels here following around. <laughs> 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 um, you can imagine like the idea was amazing, um, and so the so I also have in here where they came up with their name, and it's a little it's a little weird because. Galactic Empire t- took names from the African language, and one of the names from the African language was Bruderbond. Um, but Bruderbond Afrikaans was like is like a whole thing with um, with apartheid in South Africa, and that's like a that's like a <laughs> another uh, rabbit hole we don't want to talk about. But they they they, they grabbed <laughs> Bruderbond because it, it meant like you know uh, uh, association of brothers in African. Um, so huh. Huh. Um, so th- are they African? Nope. They're a bunch of white dudes. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, the, so they must have just, you know, it, it kind of makes sense, right, from what they were trying to accomplish, I guess. Um, but then,
0: yeah, it was also around that time of like that, you know, the rise of African awareness and stuff sure. like that, and you know, yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of
4: yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's a it's an inclusive name. They're right? trying to be, yeah. Like I think they're trying it, to, yeah.
2: but the the um, the actual term is is not the the origination of that. Anyway, um, so um, let's see here. So I got a bunch of merger stuff in here. Like, I don't want to talk about all that merger stuff. Like, they are bought and sold and sold and bought and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I do want to talk about, so Carmen San Diego. So Print Shop, one of their biggest um, software releases, was 33% of their total revenue, which is which makes sense because it's business, right? It's, it's a business software. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carmen San Diego yeah, right. series was 26%. So this one little wow. little this little, this little game that they had. This little entity was a huge portion of their um, their revenue. So uh, they were eventually bought by the learning company, and the learning company is still around. But they've been they've been they've been bought and sold. And actually, Ubisoft was uh, one of the most recent to purchase um, uh, the learning company's holdings, and some of their so some of their games have been published by Ubisoft. Um, now, <laughs> now Carmen San Diego specifically, I don't know how they split off, but they're uh, owned by. Uh, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, which is a big conglomerate publishing company. So it's it's funny because I you know digging into all this history, it's like you just find all this corporate back and forth and whatnot. It's just crazy, man. I mean, in these '80s and '90s, people were buying and selling and, and all that sort of stuff. So they're trying to get that tech because they knew that tech could, uh, could make them some money.
4: It's interesting. Oh, this yeah. is one of the first like <clears throat> it's one of the first IPs that hit really big in video gaming, and it's it's still being bought and sold. That, that's that's crazy that that means it's still technically profitable in
2: one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So the original idea came from Doug. Back to Doug. The the party animal, Doug. He used to be... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he had the, the uh, idea. He says, I shared a bedroom with my two brothers and we used to play geography games to get to go to sleep.
0: <laughs> Slow down, Doug! Holy Damn. shit! And, um,
2: I also love this. They had a... Um, a, their idea room in, in Bruderbund was called the Rubber Room. That's where they would bounce ideas off each other. <laughs> Those guys are so wacky. Neat. Oh, man. <laughs> These guys are awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. So the, the game was originally, um, one of the original ideas was um, titled Six Crowns of Henry the Eighth, and its object was to find crowns hidden throughout the English countryside. Um, but one of their coworkers, um, a guy by the name of Lauren Elliott, um, thought that there was too many male bad guys, and besides, girls could be just as bad. <laughs> so I, like I, I thought about that as we were looking into it. Is that it's,
3: it was pretty progressive to have the title of your game be uh, a female? That's true. You know, female. Not only the lead of the game be a female, but be the villain. Right. It's pretty crazy. Damsel in
0: distress kind of thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's she's a badass.
4: She's the exact opposite of a dam, damsel in distress. She's the one yeah. masterminding mm-hmm. everything and beating right. you at every turn.
0: I think mm-hmm. the only other big name, and I, I could be. I mean, it's not like I'm this, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like the only other big name female protagonist in the title around or at that time would have been the legend of Zelda. And sure. she is like the quintessential damsel yeah. of distress. Yeah. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And half the people on, um, thought that Zelda was the little green boy they're controlling anyway. Well, that's interesting. You it's bring true. that
2: up, Alex. Though, cause when I was trying to think of my alliteration, which we'll talk about later, my alliteration, the my intro is damsel came to mind, but damsel has nothing to do with Carmen San Diego. Not at all. So, um, Mm-mm, yeah, right. she is, she definitely is the mastermind. um, so they, um, so the idea of Carmen, so the so the name itself. Have you ever? Has anybody ever heard of Carmen Miranda? Past my time, yes. so I don't I don't really know anything about about this actress. But so I was trying to think: is it is this like? Would it be like Jennifer Lopez for like if we were coming up with this game now? Would that kind of be the essentially kind of like a, like a sex symbol it, or?
3: <laughs> Why can't it be Taylor Swift? Why is it have to be Je- Jennifer
2: Lopez? I was well, Just it? sticking in the you know ethnicity, whatever.
4: <laughs> yeah, she was the. I think she was the cheetah, no. the Chiquita banana. Um, gal. Oh, if they named okay.
3: it now, it would clearly her name would be Taylor. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, wow. Brandon, going dark, <laughs> man. <laughs> holy crap
2: um so they mashed carmen miranda who must have been a favorite of one of the writers and san diego because it probably sounded cool eventually and that's where they came up with the, the main character the name main name which they thought was too long which it is too long but they must not have been able to come up with anything better because they slapped <laughs> that that on the box um yeah, so real interesting. And, and some of these guys, like one of the, the, the artists came from Disney originally. I, I don't know what else he, his credentials were, but they did pull in some talent at the time. Um, they had this the one programmer uh, working on the game. And educational video games were not proven moneymakers at the time, so it was a chance. This is in 83. Um, and and th- this number seems big, but from the one from my research, at the time, 1984, uh video games accounted for two billion dollars? Does that sound right? That sounds like so much money in, in that time. But you know, arcades were huge. This is kind of at the peak of arcades mm-hmm. and they were starting to drop off at the time. So maybe maybe there was that much money flowing through at the time. Um uh popular games, Brandon, I asked you to, to come up with some of the other games that were out there at the time <laughs> that we might know of. Um Man, you know, so, so we hold on. So like so educational video games are saying they weren't proven moneymakers. According to the research, it says that Twitch games, which to my mind, this is like Call of Duty, that's a Twitch game. What was a Twitch game back in, you know, the the early 80s?
3: Well, the early 80s would have been, it was everything in the arcade. But I don't know what they would consider a Twitch game. Was Donkey Kong a Twitch game? Right. Was Pac-Man a Twitch game? Like one of those where you got to kind of be quick with your, it was more about the movement and the, um... You know, with your joystick and your buttons and all that, like, like being memory. quick and kind of recognizing, yeah, recognizing the patterns and the movements on on the screen, rather than what you get with Carmen Sandiego, which is all it's 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 a word game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're you're reading and your and your, you know, clicking buttons. Um, but you know, video games are changing a lot at this time. Between like when they concepted at eighty three and they released at eighty five. Like eighty five is also a huge year in video games. That's when we see the the Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. drop. Yeah, right. Um, so that's where you see the resurgence of console gaming, where which had died um, after the kind of Atari bust of you know what year would that have been? Like probably eighty, eighty one. Yeah, right around there. You know, so mm-hmm. probably probably three or four years of of where you know the question of does do games in the home work. Um, was the answer was no for like three or four years. It was, you know, you don't try it again. And uh, so games were weird at this time. You know, it was a lot of arcade games um, and a lot of these kind of word games, I guess, popping up. More so like in our schools and stuff with stuff like Oregon Trail, um, which we've noticed before, these educating, educagement, what do you call it? Edutainment. Edutainment. I could not spit that out. Um, games. So, um... Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a risk putting this out. Like, you know, would this work? Um, and it worked out for him.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the early scripts um, was based off of Colossal Cave Adventure, which is one of those those old text games. Um, mm-hmm. the, the writer, um, and I'm, I've, the, go ahead. The most famous of which is Zork, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep, Exactly. Uh, So, and those games were, those games were like the first video games, right? They were on the computer. Um, you couldn't, they didn't have any graphic, graphical interface or anything behind them, but you were just, you know, essentially talking to the, the computer and it was spitting out what you were doing in the game. And, and you can kind of see how that translates if you played the game at the time that, you know, it is very Mm -hmm. text heavy and you're interacting and you're answering questions and whatnot. So you can see how that makes sense a little bit. Um,
3: I want to find out what game um, he's playing at the beginning of Big. Remember that he's playing that that video oh, game? Oh yeah, is that Zork? Where he has is that Zork? Like it's I, I thought it, about that.
4: It's, I think it is Zork.
3: Is it? Yeah, yeah. Where he has to like input his commands and whether or not it gets recognized. Like that's such a weird time in gaming. Good night.
2: Mm-hmm. So the original was released in eighty five for the Apple II computer. Uh, and then it was ported over to other systems, and then it was re-released in '89. And I played the re-release. I know on my on my dad's Tandy, um, so they they um, just made some modifications to graphics, changed it a little bit. For the most part, the the base, you know, the essence of the game was the same. So, um, but the first seven games were each awarded one of um, SPA Excellence Software Awards. Um, for their you know education education based entertainment. So the, um, the series did really well in, in, in video games. And, and as I said earlier, there's a lot of entities out there that, that came up with this that, uh, that came out of this idea, this really basic idea, just mm-hmm. hey, let let's teach kids how, to, how, to, how, 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 how learning can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the, the hallmarks of the series is the sense of humor. Games featured a uh, silly sense of humor uh, in, a, in a distinctive style of wordplay, alliteration, puns, rhymes, all that sort of thing. Um, and the wordplay is present in um, the television shows too, so not just the games, kind of throughout the brand. It's all carried through. Um, Alex, if, if you want to take us through some of the villains in a second here, um, a few of them uh, that I highlighted here are Hardly Worth It. <laughs> uh, Rob <laughs> Rob M. Blind and ruthless are some some of the. good Oh yeah! Did you find any any better ones out there? Boy, let me tell you, I picked five. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm real disappointed in this. This feels like either this is this is the kind of thing that becomes either the best or like the absolute laziest writing I've ever heard in my life. Um, so the least offensive of the five I've picked uh, on that on that front would be top grunge. Um Top Grunge is a vile agent who is Carmen Sandiego's big biker, uh with a bad attitude and even worse hygiene habits. He's known for dumpster diving and trash collecting. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh then we move on to Cy, C Y. Cy
3: Burpunk. Cyberpunk.
0: Yep, that's his name. Last name Burpunk. Burpunk. Um it must be Dutch. Um yeah, that's fucking horrible. Um, Jerry Riggs, because her name is a play on jury rigged, which just feels racist. Um, you've got Gil G I L, last name T E E, guilty. Yes, great. You get just fucking that. That one's lazy. Weather.
2: That one feels real lazy to me. Uh,
0: Cyberpunk is the out. worst. Come on, that's got it. Cyberpunk weird. is probably the most oh. egregious fucking <laughs> fucking <laughs> crime here. Uh, and the last one I have is telephone. Oof.
4: Okay, that's pretty bad.
0: What? Too. Oof. Yeah, T-E-L-L-Y, phone. Not even spelled like, with an F or something. It's literally just P-H-O-N-E.
3: Oh, my God. That, that
0: is wow. pretty
2: incredible. Yep. Um, and so Acme is is written throughout all of this as well. So um, uh, Acme comes from Looney Tunes. Is that the original? Is, is Acme? No. No, it goes back further. No. Caleb, what do you got?
4: Acme, the Acme Corporation, it's a fictional, however – Acme is a synonym to like apex or peak right, or zenith right. or prime, mm-hmm. so it's like the peak, the top of the creme de la creme, you know. That's kind of the the idea, um, and it does originate from like the 1920s. It was being used. It, the idea was this is back, kids, when there were things called phone books, and you can just look things up on on your phone and on the internet. Where the first What's a book, yeah, exactly. Uh, what the the first thing when you looked in the phone book, when you look for, let's say, you were looking for a somebody to sell uh, anvils, right? Acme American (laughs) Rot Anvils would be the first number you would see. Mm -hmm. So most people would only call the first number. Uh, This is before people realized that they could name their company AAA American Anvil Company Mm -hmm. and then get ahead of that. So, like, now you see AAA and a whole bunch of other companies doing that instead of Acme or Apex. Because originally, I think people were doing, like, Apex... And then it became Acme first, and people were getting the most business using those kinds of names. But then uh Chuck Jones, who is part of the Warner Brothers animation team, um, they used to, when he was a kid, they'd play games, like everything would be a stick. You know, they you you would play, you duel with somebody and you have a stick, and they would call it coming from the Acme Corporation.
2: Okay. Hmm. Hmm
4: and it just they the joke was that it's bad like anything oh i see this, just a stick gotcha,
2: gotcha. this company yeah, that's
4: yeah. supposed to be the best is the worst yeah.
2: i remember having that that realization cuz watching looney tunes growing up i didn't even think anything of it and then going back and watching looney tunes when i was i think in my 20s and like what the hell Acme? and then i i don't think i knew what the the, the synonym at the time and then and then it clicked once i looked at it was like oh okay yeah that's hilarious it's
4: probably one of the longest running gags in in animation history, and maybe even joke history, mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm.
2: that's true. Um, so, so there's there's Acme. There's all the alliteration. Um, the the agents, the vile agents, V um, I L E. I don't know what I didn't look up what vile stands for. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but it is V period I period L period E. Hmm. Um, when in the games, they they're stealing landmarks. They're stealing cities. They're stealing national parks. It's the
0: <laughs> I got an interjection there. It's the villains' international league. Oh, league.
2: they did come up with something. Thank you. Um, nice it,
0: work. I guess they, I guess they just they tapped out all that
2: creative genius. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They, so that's actually pretty good, right? Um, yeah. yeah. It's not too bad. They, they they at once they stole the Mason Dixon line itself, which is great.
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs>
2: the fucking way awesome so yeah so there's lots of this this so and that's the good that's the kind of the cool thing about the game too it's it's teaching you real stuff and then it's also throwing a bunch of humor that you may not even get at the time until you go and look back uh-huh. on, on it later on so and that, that's a like lot of dad
4: joke level of totally, humor this is not like totally. you know.
2: <laughs> but that's with a lot of animation and a lot of a lot of games a lot of a lot of animated movies these days the kids are laughing just because something silly happened, but the parents are like, oh, really? They just did that?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so, yeah, so so the that's that's kind of a picture of the game itself and then the overall brand. So let's talk about the PBS game show now. The uh, Or I guess, do you guys have anything else to cover up on the game? Any other memories from that? Did that spur anything nah, on? No. Yeah? All right, so the game show premiered in 1990, it was the original PBS um, series designed for children ages 8 to 12, which was perfect for me because I was between 8 and 12. That's what it hit home with me. Uh, the mm-hmm. World Game Show was st- staged in a slightly off skew detective office, which was part of the Acme agency with Lynn Thigpen, who's awesome, and we'll talk about her later. Portraying she's so great. She's great. Uh, she portrays the chief. Greg Lee is the host. He portrays Greg Lee as a, a special agent in charge of training the new recruits. So Greg was, um, uh, he helped the training and the various action, live action and animated characters. They they kind of talked to Greg, and they they were helping Greg out, and he would then pass that information on to the contestants. Uh, among
4: would he do a lot? Did, did you run any, anything about the the bad guys themselves, like who voiced them in the voiceover stuff? Did he do that, or was it just I didn't find anything on that. Somebody on the crew. Yeah, I didn't nope.
2: find anything on that. But um, yeah, they do. They have a lot of a lot of decent voice acting, right? I mean they have a lot of they have a lot of characters for well, sure.
4: Yeah, Greg was a was a voice actor, so I kinda of figure he might have done some of them. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: It might make sense. Um the show also featured Roccapella and um maybe we should should we talk about Rocapella now? Should we just do that? Why not? Yeah. yeah.
3: We can talk about Rocapella for the rest of the
2: night <laughs> for all I care. <laughs> so Rocapella I, I feel like Rocapella so I think Lynn, Thick and Rocapella made the show. No, I mean no. Greg Lee is fine, but but Rockapella really made it act- fun and exciting for kids. Keel, um, mm-hmm. you're you're a Rockapella guy, right? You got you got an album.
4: I mean, let's not go too far, but yes, <laughs> I have Rockapella too. I have uh, their second full album release that has the uh, a cut of the Folgers commercial that that was really made them really big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that
3: or not. Did they do they do the best part of waking up? Is <laughs> yeah, that dude. Oh, it's
4: really good. Like no joke, it's the the best version of that jingle. Were that they like the original existed. Best no, Part no, of Waking no, no, Up or... no? Okay. No, no. Alright. It had existed for years prior to that, but they did a, a great a cappella version. Uh, and there's they mostly do covers. So uh oh. look, keep talking I feel uh, like I feel like hard
2: not even it's they're hard not to like now like like sure their their music and their lyrics are cheesy and whatnot but it's it it's good right like you can you can enjoy it yeah you can sit there and, and just kind of soak it in and i got I no problems with rockpello I, I enjoyed it as a kid they, I, to them, like, I don't listen to them they had some but they're good
4: yeah they had some original stuff i believe on the album i have but they do a lot of covers and they still do like do a ton of covers uh, mostly Motown right now. I think that's what they're touring with. And they do hol- they do a holiday tour every year where they do Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they do a really ver- great version of "Tempted." Uh, I don't know if you know that song. Maybe I "Tempted heard it. by the Fruit of Another." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. By Squeeze. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, they they made the show. They they did all the uh, little bumpers. And the segment, you know, introductions. They actually wrote the uh, the theme for mm-hmm. the theme for is the good. It's good. It's perfect. I know, right? It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing about them, they've been around since like 1986. Oh wow! So the group
2: has been around, or the core people?
4: Yeah, the that's group. the thing. The group has been around since 1986. Yeah, the, the roster has changed dramatically. Um, I think. When they were on the show, there were only two people from the original group. The original four or five—I think there's only two or three—and then it just dwindled over the years. And now it's like I think there's one guy from the um, from the game show era that's still with them. But to be brutally honest, like it's really hard to keep track of of who's in it. I go here's the list: Scott Leonard, Jeff Thatcher, uh, and those two have been in since game show days and then everybody else is new
2: so, so by uh, watching the shows again now that um the the inner the interludes the think about it is that song like yep. that's great right um mm-hmm. kind of like the the equivalent of the jeopardy the jeopardy song and the jeopardy tone
3: well, wasn't there a whole segment where they like in a in an acapella song gave a, a whole clue yes
4: yeah every like, there was the
3: rockapella clue
4: Every yeah every game there was a rock a clue where they would generally like do a cover of a of a song and change the words to give clues to the next location that Carmen San Diego was in.
1: Cool.
2: Whoever came up with adding them to the show was brilliant because it would it would not have been the same without them. Without that no without that music. There's no way it would have lasted that long. I mean the brand is the brand was what it was, but the show itself probably wouldn't have lasted that long without without dude they were
4: opening for chuck berry sticks billy joel um and eventually the persuasions who were their idols um during this time so they were like in this weird perfect storm of hitting it really big part of it being that um they did their own percussion which was really new for acapella music like everyone was just singing their parts and there was like I don't know if you've seen, um, oh god, what's the movie? It's got Ron Howard in it as a child. Oh, Music Man. There's a, a barbershop quartet in Music Man, and they just do traditional barbershop where everybody just sings up their parts. Where in Rockapella, the bass player, bass singer, bassist uh, does all the percussion mm-hmm. like like a beatboxer right. would. Now it's basically beatboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they were just like. Get, they were, I think they were on the Whoopi show, they were on a Taco Bell commercial, like, things were just, like, adding up, and all of a sudden, uh, and they got a record deal, because one, one of the guys joined, uh, who actually, like, really took off the vocal percussionist line, he's the really tall dude on the show, uh, who's mm-hmm. the bass. Oh, the, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. He's, and it's funny, because I watched, like, the the first season, and he's got, like, super long, mullet hair. <laughs> cut, yeah. He cut it off later. Oh, their hair is horrible, by the way, like, that... The, leads, the lead, the lead guy sings lead is, uh, got. we talked about this a little bit before we started, he's got bleached dreadlocks in a mullet, and so it's like total business in the front, and then, like, I don't know, <laughs> what, what's that like? <laughs> he's Rastafari Spring in the back. Spring break man. in the back, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Spring break. So. Alex, do you got any thoughts on on, on acapella in general, or cappella itself? Um, I feel
0: that rockapella is probably is probably a much more interesting form of acapella. No, I that was a bad joke. I was I was thinking about. Um, <laughs> no, I would just like to point out that like Caleb is just just the purest sweet boy, <laughs> <laughs> just the sweetest purest boy. He's like, uh, uh, one one time I uh I stole I stole a candy once, and I and I have this. I have this acapella C D from these people who are on a fucking Carmen San Diego T V show. Oh man. What is yeah. your life, dog? Like I it's I love you, it's man. saccharine sweet. That's what my life is. Absolutely. Uh no, a cappella's cool, man. I mean I, re- I respect I respect the art. Um not particularly into it. Um you know, it's one of those things where good acapella is real fucking great, bad acapella is never sure. heard. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Um yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. Rockapella definitely. I mean, I agree. From what I've gone back and watched of the uh, the game shows, they, for me at least, absolutely uh, made the show that and trying to imagine like what the hooker Greg Lee hooked up with afterwards would look like. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, um, Oof. yeah. It was she was not pretty. She definitely was not pretty. No, no. So the game itself uh, was played in three rounds. The first round was a Q and A. Uh, so the three contestants. Um, they they were the the gumshoes and the, the person the two that scored the highest out of the original questions would make it onto the second round. In the second round, the two gumshoes had to essentially find. So there was a big board and they had it was a game of like memory. It was a, it was a game of horribly balanced memory um because if yeah if you remember the show you would you would guess the spot and if if the one person guessed the loot or whatever then you automatically knew what that one was and you could go through it's just it's just a game of memory anyway um so you needed to find the loot (laughs) the warrant and the crook and you had to name them in that order in order to then ring the pull down the chain essentially and bring the crook to justice um
0: Man, I miss the word crook.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. That doesn't get used anymore. It's true.
0: It's a good point. Shit. It's so I'm sorry I hate to interrupt you, man, but I had to get that out.
2: <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It's uh, what do we use now? The um, it's we've probably softened it so much more now, don't haven't we? I, I could, I could be really topical. <clears throat> Thug, as they said.
0: Hooligan? Yeah, I guess the... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's probably
2: that's that's probably the best answer right now. <laughs> <Doug>. <laughs> right now, so the uh, so then the final round came around, and you had to be you had to be brains and brawn. because the final round you were on this giant map, and you had to race around, and I think it was like seven countries that you had to map out on, on mm-hmm. south america or north america or whatever it is and you had this
4: seven in the in the first half of the first season i believe and then it was eight after they
2: that. went up to eight man they must have been yeah, dishing yeah. in out 45 trips. seconds <laughs> yes in 45 seconds that's no easy feat and you had this giant like lamp thing that you had to run around with and place it exactly on the little marker on the dot and if it, it wasn't on the dot I, the episode that i one of the episodes i watched uh Greg Lee said, "Hey, it's not on the dot. You got to move it to. That's right, but you got to go move it to the dot. Run back there <laughs> and put it. Yeah, because you had Ohio. to put it on the capital city
4: of that country. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that
3: well, they had like sensors on the map, right? The like yeah. I was gonna say, wasn't it like analog sensors? It yeah. was. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you had to basically like block the the sensor, put one on top of the other, or block it. I'm not sure which actually.
2: Yeah, that's good. I'd be curious to know how they made that. The tech behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they were protecting because they're PBS. They were protecting the the free trip to anywhere in North America. That was the grand prize, and so they probably, yeah. they wanted to make that pretty hard. I'm sure they didn't want to pay for that.
4: Oh, the first like I think one or two seasons, it was just a trip to somewhere in the lower forty eight states. It wasn't even North America.
2: Okay. How funny.
3: Um, so they would announce that you can go anywhere in North America, but they told the kids, "Hey, you're limited to this stuff."
4: No, no, no. They would say uh, they would say. In the lower forty-eight in the first season, and then after that, it was North. The rest of North America was opened up, so you could go to, you know, Edmonton or Saskatoon or Manitoba if you wanted, uh, or as as maybe like Juarez or something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can can we jump back for just like a split second? Because I want to talk about the chase and the final clue. Sure. Because that game is probably the most unfair game. It's a bad game I have seen on a game show in a while because if you reveal two like i watched one where they had checked every single uh option except for uh, three and they knew what one where one of them was and so this poor girl like she guesses wrong and the other guy gets both of them right immediately because she just happened to make a poor choice and she didn't even have them in the right order either so she wouldn't have even gotten it so no matter what she would have lost it's all
2: luck i mean she and she, i didn't watch the episode but she probably was killing it in the, in the you know the first round and then she just
4: oh yeah she was nailing it right. she had like 115 points and and <laughs> the the next guy was like at at like 70 or something and he goes on mm-hmm. and loses the final yeah round, of course it's, it's it's really the world map
2: it, it's actually was disappointing watching that again and saying man this is just not a good second round because this that that determined the what the person that goes to the final round it's just a yeah. game of chance. It might as well just flip a coin, more or less. Say it. More or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the prizes really quick. The uh, So third place, the person that gets knocked out first gets the official Acme gumshoe gear. And prizes varied over a couple of... I watched a few episodes and kind of narrowed it down. So some of the gear that they get was an atlas, a Crime Net cap with an Acme logo on it, a Carmen t-shirt... Pretty exciting, I know. Hold back your enthusiasm. A subscription to Nat Geo World Magazine. And actually, this is kind of cool, the one I saw, Acme Pen Recorder. So it was a little pen that you could – had a had a recording device into it. So you could talk into it and say, like, yeah, I, I uh, do my homework later on at, at midnight. <laughs> and then you could play it back. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: pen, We talked about these pen recorders like – the the popularity of the record back device. Mm hmm. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Home Alone 2,
4: back to New York or whatever <laughs> exactly. it
2: was called. Exactly. Uh, so, second, pl- second place got the Acme gumshoe gear, everything that the th- third place person got. And they also got an Acme secret sender, which is a pocket communicator, which is just a pager. <laughs> you can send text to people. Hell yeah. But I guess it's more than a pager. So you can send It's got IR, yeah. send text yeah. and then you can control your TV and your VCR with it as well. Hell pretty yeah. Fancy.
4: Nice.
0: So kids VCRs are these uh ancient pieces of tech now.
4: <laughs> yeah, pretty much,
0: dude. <laughs> not even worth discussing right now. We
4: tried to watch some uh a few weekends ago cuz my in-laws insist on keeping theirs and did not go over very well. One of them worked, but yeah. Uh, that is a bad medium.
2: So if you made it to the if you made it to the map, but you did not get it, which pretty much there was probably like a handful of people that actually got the, the grand prize. You um, um, got a pocket color television, which was really cool. And I remember seeing that 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 consolation prize. I I thought that was cooler than actually winning the trip to anywhere at the time, getting mm-hmm. that cool piece of tech. The grand prize yeah, that we—the cool. grand prize that we already spoiled was a trip to anywhere in North America or Lower 48 in the first episode, and then at the very end, <laughs> you join forces with Greg Lee, and you gotta say yes, and you become
0: the <laughs> ultimate Robo Warrior. You gotta say, "Do it,
2: Rocapella!
4: Do it, Rocapella!" <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually have the numbers of like the. So you you would get. So when they say like a trip in the first in the lower forty-eight in the first season and in North America later on, um, it was the kid who won a one parent and a guest. So I'm, I'm guessing it'd be another the other parent. Parent, yeah. you have another mm-hmm. one, yeah. uh, and then it, that's just that's it. You can fly round trip coach from New York City to wherever it was you wanted to go. You get a, a week in a luxury hotel, Ooh. originally chosen by quote unquote the chief. Um, but later on, like season four, they decided to let the person choose the hotel okay. and you in seasons three through five, people got a rental car. You also received extra money to add to the crime bucks. So you got $250 on top of the crime bucks. So whatever you want, oh, those crime, crime bucks were real things. I didn't realize apparently, um, hmm. uh, seasons two through four, it was 500 and then season five, uh, it was $750, so wow. it's kind of funny watching the inflation go yeah, up there for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, they were they were making money over time, and that's something we'll go into I guess right now is they were at an Emmy award winning show, um, and they attracted 5.5 million viewers weekly, which is pretty good for PBS if you ask me. Wow. So the yeah. only
3: Emmy they actually won though was for outstanding lighting design really <laughs> just saying yeah a lot, a, lot of, a lot of nominations but only one they won was outstanding lighting direction i guess all right
2: wow okay. that's pretty good right that's pretty
3: good. but they're nominated for outstanding children series a few times where'd they lose to
2: oh god do, don't mind, don't <laughs> <make> me... <laughs> do research now I'll be right back. on the spot all right let's talk about the cast so let's talk about the chief lynn Thigpen, who is fantastic yeah. And I didn't think anything so of her at good. the time. But you know, she you know, behind Rockapella, she definitely made the show. She kept it going. She had energy. She could nail that alliteration all day long. She was goofy and funny and uh, straight man at the same time. She was solid, man. She was really good. And uh, If you've ever seen The Warriors, which is unfortunately – well, I mean, maybe we
4: could talk about it uh, way on down the road in this show's history – because it's 1979, but she was the, uh, the voice of the narrator slash uh, radio DJ. Okay. And so if you've ever seen that, she's, it's an iconic voice.
2: So she has a stage background um, going all the way back to 1973. Um, she was on A Prairie Home Companion, shout out to Minnesota there, um, on the <laughs> radio. Um, all sorts of films and some, some popular films as she goes on. You said The Warriors there. Uh, she was in Lean on Me. She was in um Random Hearts, The Inside, Bicentennial Man. Her last movie was Anger Management because she passed away in two thousand three, which I didn't realize until now.
4: Yeah, she had a cerebral brain hemorrhage. Right. She was complaining of headaches for a few days and then she just she just went, man. Yeah. It's kinda tragic. Yeah, really tragic. She I guess she was on um was it the bear in the big blue chair as well? And she was Big Blue House. Oh, Big Blue House, sorry. And um yeah. She night, was Moon. so beloved by the staff that they tried to get it going after after her passing, and they said that their hearts just weren't in it anymore because she was just such a big part of it. And that's pretty. That's
2: that's pretty telling, telling something man. about
4: you know. Yeah, it's just, everyone seemed to
2: love her. Yeah, so. you could tell. I mean, you could tell she was a genuinely good person, just in this little character role that she was in, and she carried carried this show, and she carried the, the next show that came out down the road too. I mean, she was great. Um. So she won. Um. She did win an OB, which is Off Broadway award. She won two of those, and she won a Tony Award in 1997. So she's very talented. I actually,
4: happened to just watch the episode where they showed her Tony Award-winning footage on
2: uh, the game show. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's great. Uh, so let's talk about Greg Lee, the host. Who I don't. He's. I don't know. What do you guys think about Greg Lee? I, I'm kind of torn because I feel like if you look at, at what he's done. Um, not a lot, but he feels like a guy that kind of just got stuck into the role. Like he 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 does a good job, but also you you feel like he was always like, I wish I could be doing better, better than this show.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was heavily rejected in many, many an audition yeah. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's got that good Doug money because he was the voice of Mayor mm-hmm. White slash Principal White on Doug. So he's he's you
3: know. He reminds me of, like, the like the poor man's Uncle Joey. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Q-A, dude, I was going say... yeah. to say, dude, he feels like he would be everyone's cool uncle,
4: though. Right, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, I, I'm going to go out and say it. I watched an episode where I think he might have been doing a little bit of the booger sugar. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit, a little bit crazy. Good for him. I mean, he definitely good did a good job him. of
2: keeping the show going and, like, trying to keep that show within the 20-whatever minutes they had going. Um, so he, he did keep it going pretty well. He was a little bit goofy, which you need to be in a kid's show. And um, so his background, he came um, just kind of looking down his filmography, Total Panic in 1989, which I don't remember at all. Um, a lot of these shows, other than Doug, you know, Where the World is Carmen San Diego in 91 to 95, and then did Doug in 91 through. Doug ran for, for nine years, almost ten years. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a long-running show, man. Dang. Um, And then from there he didn't really do He just had a couple bit parts here and there It looks like he had a Drew Carey appearance Um, Nothing really beyond that Um, According to Wikipedia His last last role was The Between Which um, I've never heard of before So he just kind of Some indie film
4: book adaptation
2: He's drifted off into one of those You know Limbo periods that happen in Hollywood so, but we appreciate his service for sure. I think I think he did the role very, very well. he didn't make the show. Uh, Lynn Thegpen, the chief, and Rock Pella definitely made the show, though.
4: I I think he he did a good enough job. I think he should have gotten more work doing that kind of stuff. Yes. Like I'm actually kind of shocked he didn't do any more game shows. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a
2: good point. It was, point. And it was maybe something yeah. where he thought he was he could do more, and it just didn't work out. So he could never come to terms with it. Who knows? All speculation.
4: We we have got to write this movie of the week, guys. We got should. To Let's Greg, the submit. story of Greg Lee.
2: Submit.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so beyond that, so I didn't experience much of the brand beyond this. So there was an animated series, which, Brandon, I think you watched some of the animated series.
3: I remember watching a little of
2: it, yeah. And um, Alex, you, and hit, just, you hit it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this watched was it like too. My only.
0: This is like one of my only real memories of Carmen San Diego.
2: Okay. So what do you guys thought? What are your memories of the show? I, I watched just a smidge and that theme show is god awful. The theme song is god awful. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's real 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 bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Um I liked it. I like that uh classically western 90, like late 80s through like mid 90s style of animation. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Even though like I can't say the show is great um, you know, going back and checking it out in 2016, but that style of animation definitely triggered all sorts of weird nostalgia in a, in a sense of like, oh, man, this reminds me of all the shit that I watched at that time. You know what I mean? Um, the show itself is like, oh, it's OK. I mean, it you got to you gotta sign up for that Karma San Diego pain train. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's, there's a lot of <laughs> alliterations, a lot of bad jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole premise of the story is trying to teach you about maps. So it's like, unless you're super into that shit, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I remember
3: watching it a bit as a kid. I, I liked it then. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely solidified the fact that um, Carmen Sandiego was a babe. <laughs> like that's all I remember. Like, I remember <laughs> in the the computer. I watched a little. I did a little history on it. The in the computer game, like her iconic, like that the red trench coat and hat thing, and the long hair over her face thing. That wasn't in the computer game at all. That was, I, I believe, was probably made up for the game show. Um, that they had to kind of put a face to Carmen Sandiego because mm. in the game, she's very, um, to go with a Caleb word, she's very milk toasty <laughs> and, um, <Ooh>. mundane, banal, <laughs> banal, <laughs> Jeez. plain um, Jane. But they definitely went with that, um, the same character design from the game show into the cartoon. Um, but yeah, it like like Alex said the whole the whole premise of the show is to like put you in a locale and throw as many random geography facts as it can about Peru in you in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, that's that's the He's way. heading
0: towards a canal. Well, Amsterdam has over 160
3: <laughs> canals. <laughs> 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 wow, Great. Jimmy. Like so, nice. yeah, it's definitely it's yeah, it was a learning show, but I mean, you know what I remember ooh, most about the,
4: that was The Chief, and that was um, some guy that looked like a blonde version of Egon from Ghostbusters, the animated series.
0: Yeah, and he was also a floating head like Zordon. Yeah,
4: and I was like, this is definitely some sort of weird like mixture between mm-hmm. those two things that they decided to do to be funny.
0: Yep, and he referred to the, he referred to the I guess, protagonist of the show, which was a kid who sat at his computer and was actually playing like, the Carmen Sandiego game, uh, which was a self-aware game where all the people inside of it knew who you were, which is horrifying. Um, and they always refer to him as player, which is great. <laughs> player, why don't you go pick some friends? So, hey, player, <laughs> wonder where Carmen San Diego went.
4: That's the weird thing about it is that he's playing the game, but they're in the real world, and I mean they're in the game world, but it's the real world at the same time. Like it's it's a dream within a dream within a dream.
2: Trippy. Yeah. In other In other words, it makes no goddamn <laughs> sense no, whatsoever. No, no um so did any so then they did the reboot so they had the animated series and then they had a game show reboot where in time is carmen san diego i i didn't know this existed um i watched just a smidge of it it looked like more of the, essentially the same lynn thickpin is still the chief on it um did did any of you guys catch this growing up or see this at all
4: i checked out bro yeah
2: yep uh
0: heather heather did my my oh so she remembered it um this was the one she knew Cause I, So I started off And I was watching the animated sh- the show And she was like What the fuck is this That's not Karma San Diego And I was like Yeah word This is some later shit They had like some some game shows And all that too Let's go check this out So I put on the original game show And was just like What the fuck is this garbage <laughs> That's not my car-. She's like That's not my goddamn Karma San Diego You're an idiot And I'm not gonna marry you now And then I put on this shit I uh, watched an episode two of that And then I put on this shit And she was like Yeah Give me them weird Fucked up future lasers <laughs> Oh my
2: god <laughs> But it shows you the brand extension that this has, and, and that they the um, the creators essentially took with this brand is well, it could be wearing whatever you know you could take this brand and slap it onto anything which they have done. <laughs> they definitely have. Um, I want to I want to really
0: quickly interject that I was trying to watch some of this shit earlier. Uh, I literally went to sleep at my desk. I put my head down <laughs> on my desk and tried to watch it like with my head like tilted to the side, looking at my monitor, and passed the fuck
2: out for like an hour and a half. <laughs>
4: Was that for the, which? Which one was it that you passed out? To? That was
2: during. That was during the original. Game. So- no. Well, the quality is so bad on YouTube. It's it's real rough. So I can see. Yeah, it. I wish somebody True.
4: would. You know, I know there's no money in actually like re- revisiting that and like and giving it the love and affection that a good nice yeah touch up would do. But I wish someone would. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah it's all shot on film. I mean, at this point, like resolution is not really an yeah. issue. It's just putting the putting the effort behind mm-hmm. it. I guess right.
4: And if well, well that if that original film still exists and is hidden somewhere and not like, you know, completely damaged beyond
2: report. Craig Lee stole it all. Right. He stole <laughs> it. <laughs> he's sitting
4: he's in his
0: in, in Tennessee going to
4: <laughs> get my <laughs> film versions <laughs>
0: It's in it's in his den and he just sits he sits in his den all afternoon drinking fucking Senators Club. <laughs> just just Try it just like he doesn't, he can't even afford a damn a damn player for it. He's literally just taking like raw strips of film and looking at him through a lamp. <laughs> like,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah that was this. me. These were my glory days.
0: <laughs> I had some good times back then. All them
3: supple little boys. <laughs> <laughs> good night.
2: All right, so speaking of the legacy itself of Carmen San Diego, uh, the Stanford paper, Why in the World is Carmen San Diego a Success by Todd Brown explained that the lasting appeal of the series ultimately the key factor of success for the Carmen Diego series has been cultural the designers were able to appeal to all children boys and girls by developing an experience with something for everyone goals conversations intrigue suspense learning geography it's all there furthermore they did did it without just shoving geography lessons down kid throats kids throats and without taking down uh, talking down to them either he quoted one of the writers Elliot when he said we don't use small words. Kids are short but not stupid and concluded by treating children as intelligent people. The, pe- the intelligent little people that they are, the designers had no need to hide from them the fact that they were playing and learning at the same time. Kids knew that, and the beauty of Carmen Sandiego is that they kept playing anyway. That's Yeah, man. That's pretty nice, yeah. right?
0: And that, that, like, you know, is kind of the pervading theory in... Uh, you know, psych- psychology and parenting is like maybe don't talk to your children as if they're idiots or unable to understand something because of their age. Maybe you should just, you know, treat them like adults in a lot of ways, um, and it works out. I feel like you know I've seen it. I've seen it in my own children, and that seems to be what I keep reading about. So like that's cool. It's really cool that they were they were on that tip back in mm-hmm. the day. You know.
2: Yeah, and I remember I remember that fact when I was playing the game. I was into games, but this game it was fun. But I also was learning something along the way, and that was I was cool with that, you know. And there was a goal at the end. There was that little, you know, that little carrot to catch, catch, uh, catch the crook, catch Carmen. So yeah, that yeah, was good. Uh, a couple of fun facts before we wrap. Um, there's again the brand extension is crazy. There's a planetarium film where in the world is Carmen Diego? Um, there's concerts where in the world is Carmen Sandiego they were going to make a film Walt Disney film starring Sandra Bullock in the 90s which we've all missed out on they still may make a film starring Jennifer Lopez as Carmen Sandiego (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not going to lie if that was Beyonce I'd be there (laughs) Just gotta say, it. oh Ooh. hell yeah! Apparently, a oh, screenplay damn. that's a good being tossed that's a around. Good look in 2012. <laughs> I know that's a long time ago, so maybe it's dead. But who knows? Maybe it could happen. Um, other there's a there's a zoo there's a like a, a zoo ride or or exhibit um, in Oregon that had wearing the World's Car in San Diego. So there is it's it's never ending. And, and like I said at the top of the show, it still exists. People are still playing this. There's a there's a iPhone game this, uh, um, app. there's
4: a Facebook game too
2: that's dead I, I tried to play that but that is dead oh okay but there is a, there is an app there's a game I didn't download it but it's. I think it's just where is Carmen or um, nice yeah so, so look that up I, I almost it's three a couple bucks probably worth it right if you're trying to teach your 8 to 12 year olds yeah, some, <laughs> some learning some geography if you're a
4: die hard Carmen San Diego fan <laughs> that's oh no I just had an idea
2: Hmm, late on me, bro.
4: No, no, I'll be sending you images later.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, no. What? God, I hope this works <laughs> All out a little bit. Before this gets to. too
2: ugly, we are going to take a break. We will be back with our very own version of Witwit.
4: Whip- yeah! yeah. Well, she sneaks around the world from VM to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filter from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a slow
2: boat to China. Tell me
1: where in the world
2: is Carmen Diego? Steal their soul
1: in South Korea. Make it, let it right off the- Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition of Crypto Greek All... Kip, Krip, what are we doing? Crypto Geekology. That's the one. Well, we're not doing it this time because we're doing Carmen San Diego, so it doesn't matter. Somebody edit that out in post. Thank you. Nope. Uh <laughs> <do it>. so, <laughs> so, as we have just learned about all the fantastic uh, Carmen San Diego trivia and fun stuff, I thought it would be fun to do trivia in the form of Carmen San Diego. Actually, it was Colin's ID, so I'll give you your credit. Um, so, as most of the Carmen San Diego games start off, I would like to introduce our fine contestants. Alex, tell us something interesting about yourself.
0: Um, I'll hold. Uh, okay, so I don't want to go back to the story I just told about um, my amazing first job. Uh, I think what we'll instead talk about is the fact that I can eat. Um, I can eat a whole pizza and only feel a little bit ashamed of myself afterwards.
1: That That's impressive. Yeah. A whole large pizza? Sure. All right. I've never.
0: I, I'll be honest. I've never met an amount of pizza that I couldn't conquer.
1: <laughs> that is an impressive oh, yeah, it's talent. Pretty, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> Brandon, what special talent would you like to share?
3: What special talent coin? I have? Good night. Um, I honestly have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> you have no talents. I, I have. I don't know <laughs> if I have talents. Um, that's why I'm a bartender. That's all I know how to do. I know how to read shit and pour beer. Um, I don't know. My favorite food is uh, uh, real, authentic tacos.
1: Ooh, like street food.
3: Oh, like I love like like a Roach Coach taco. That's what I'm looking for. That's it. I want right like a yeah. I want that to be the only thing they make and make
2: it real damn good.
1: Oh, it sounds so good, Colin. What fabulous factoid would you like to share with our listening audience? Uh,
2: my factoid is I've been curling for the last nine years.
1: Why? I'm a
2: Minnesota stereotype. I want him oh, to adopt
4: me.
1: I don't No you. joke. That's <laughs> impressive. Be another You're in for the thing. ice babes, aren't you? Oh,
2: totally
1: dude yeah. why are they all so hot
4: it's all about rachel home
2: all the beer oh, it's, ridiculous. it's all the beer they drink it's, is
1: that it mm-hmm. i need to drink more beer mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> all right i mean I, Caleb? I i just think everyone should drink more beer in general
1: Well, here, here. cheers <laughs> what fabulous factoid would you like to share
4: i can uh i can turn my tongue into a flower it doesn't really work on on the radio but you guys can see it
3: mm-hmm. i'm so turned that on is right hot.
2: now yeah. that's a first yeah, date thing right
3: Fucking push, totally. Man.
4: Oh, yeah. Just to let the ladies know what I'm capable of. They're yeah. curious. So impressed. This
0: is what I'm working with. Uh,
1: that's that's that was the hook. Yeah. I could... Of course, I haven't
4: had to do any kind of impressing in 15 years. So,
1: yeah, you know, you might want to up the game. Just say. so back to our game. <laughs> yes, I love oh, it. Oh, my god. <laughs> so, no um, all right. So, okay, gumshoes, here's what we know so far. What was stolen is the world's largest collection of comic books. After nearly two years of convincing Guinness record judges that his comic book collection is in fact the world's largest, Mission Viejo, California man, Bob Bertal, (laughs) was able to announce on his Facebook page that it's finally official. His comic book collection is on page 172 of the new Guinness Book of World Records. Bertal's collection totals 94,268 issues, all of which are unique books presumably meaning there are no duplicates. The whole collection weighs a whopping 16,800 pounds. That's more than 8 tons of comics.
0: I like this guy. Yeah, and right. also did he did he get special fucking column supports in his basement so that his floor didn't cave in where he keeps all his comics? God, seriously?
1: That's ridiculous. Our thief for this fine caper was mano stealing the strongest crook (laughs) alive lifted the impressive collection and flew off faster than a speeding bullet it's up to you gumshoes it's time to utilize your special senses and keep your vision hot on the trail of this bad guy
4: i'm just really sad that we don't get the cool jackets yes they are so good
2: gorgeous yeah
1: well we're playing for points and I would say that the person at the end probably gets, like, an atlas. You could win <laughs> a Geek Squatch ten-sided dice. Ooh. Can we make that happen? A t-shirt with some really bad 80s print on it. Uh-huh. I am the this king of that design. Let me know. Yeah. Let's make this happen.
3: <laughs> Can grand prize our- be a Rockapella album?
1: Oh yes.
4: I have it in my CD drive right oh, now perfect. to burn YouTube. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So, Man of Stealing takes our comic book collection... And he was last seen headed to sunny California to enjoy the fine weather of the original home of the Kumye people, a place that has been called America's craft beer capital and the home of a popular convention for the nerdiest in the country. Hmm. Did he go to San Francisco, Colin. Los Angeles, but, uh, San Diego, or Sacramento?
3: Buzz. Well, when you get to buzz, call and go. San
2: Diego.
1: <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Heyo. Points! <laughs> I didn't
0: know we were buzzing, I'm like, all right cool. So
3: when
4: are we I know
1: the home <laughs> 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 All right. So we have moved on to San Diego. But in the dark of night, Mano blew into a city that provided the inspiration for the home of the dark night. Don't expect him to stay long though. It was this city's federal court that sent us Al Capone Colin. to eleven years in prison and a fifty <clears> thousand dollar
3: fine. New York City. Call him to cheater. Buzz. Brandon. Brandon? Chicago.
1: That is correct. Boom! Mm.
2: Oh, I heard the Dark Knight. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. <laughs> I heard that Gotham reference.
3: Mm-hmm. Right?
4: Yeah, but
1: uh, Capone was in. Yeah, then I stopped listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Once
1: I knew I was right, I yep. stopped
3: listening. Yeah. All
1: right, so we're just going to have to imagine, like, the cool, flashy effects and the funny little cardboard lightning that they used during the show, because that was really fun. We're in the lightning round, boys and girls. Already? And the lightning round, typically, the thief ends up in one place, and so we ask a bunch of questions about that one place. And because I didn't want to just randomly pick a place, I'm trying to stick with my theme here. I went with Metropolis as Superman. Nice. So... Uh, none of these are multiple choice because they're pretty easy. Uh, so just buzz in with your name once you know the answer. Name the paper Clark Kent and Lois. Brandon, Caleb. Caleb had it first. Daily Bugle. No. But
3: Daily Planet.
1: Brandon yep. takes the steel. Yep. I, this this I don't game.
3: like these kinds of lightning. This is way <laughs> better than <laughs> Crypto Geology right now. Okay, let's go. This is the worst.
1: What Fritz Lang movie is the city styled after?
3: Brandon. Yes, um, Metropolis. What's, That's know. right, Metropolis. Yeah. Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to pronounce <laughs> it right. You have to pronounce it right. I <laughs> know uh, it's like that guy on uh, on Wheel <laughs> of Fortune who couldn't say um, Ach- who couldn't say Achilles. Said Achilles. <laughs> Achilles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I watched uh,
4: an entire episode where one of the contestants on this show on 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 the game show of where in the world is Carmen Conver- San Diego could not say any of the cities correctly. <gasps> oh, that poor <sighs> kid! Yeah, he said everything
1: one. wrong. The emphasis was all in the wrong. They're place. all
0: from Louisville
1: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> alright last lightning round question while Metropolis is widely known to be based on and in New York which city's skyline is Metropolis modeled after? Caleb yeah?
3: New York no mm, Alex Brandon go Alex Alex. I'm going to say Philadelphia
1: wrong Brandon?
3: Right. I'm going to say Toronto
1: that is correct
3: oh my god oh, is what is happening today? right wow. now
1: what is <laughs> <You> know, right? <laughs> all right so you've got four points colin has one and alex and caleb sadly far behind So all right we have another clue Goose worth double eggs. points kids double points Wishing for an invisible jet, Mono fled to a city that I'm sure he hoped would disappear in the same way the comic book land its mythology inspired did. But if he needs to hide, I'm sure you could find him in his bathing suit on the longest Brandon? coastline on the Mediterranean basin and the eleventh longest coastline in the world.
3: Brandon mm. got I think first. Brandon in yeah, first.
4: Brandon did go first. I just got second. Atlantis? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, this is a real place. I just heard. I just heard. <laughs> city <cities laughs> disappears.
3: Oh, okay. I heard City disappeared. Okay, cool. Grease.
1: You are correct. Yes! Oh. Double points! Aha! Alright, so, but Brandon's still killing you all. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah, and Alex, uh, thanks for playing. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Brandon, you're at four. Colin has one. Caleb has two, because he got double points. Alright. Um. So we don't really need the... Well, we can wager. That's fine. Uh, so the last round of Carmen Sandiego is always the foreign or the the wagering round. Mm-hmm. So your category is foreign superheroes.
3: Foreign superheroes.
1: Foreign superheroes. Wow!
3: Uh, and
4: I have if four. You think you're
1: really good at this, and you think you could probably kill this category. Wager I'm... a lot. If you're not so comfortable with this particular category, we should probably announce how much less. we're wagering.
4: So I'm gonna I'm gonna wager everything. Which
1: is oh. one. two of my points. Two,
4: two,
2: two. Points. Colin, you have one. To I'll wager. wager my one point. Wait, what does Alex do? Right. He doesn't have any points. Whatever he wants. I just, just hang. Out. Alex can That's cool. Just I'm just gonna chill <laughs> <and quiet. laughs> in peace and quiet. Yeah. Um,
3: I'll, I'm, so- I'm gonna wager two of my points.
2: There you go. Two of your Whoa. Right.
1: Alex, do you want to throw in a fake money wager?
3: Yeah, man. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm
0: gonna Would wager. You? I'll wager two points. Also, let's go. <laughs> that's, that's, wait a minute. <laughs> I'll put two points on that. <laughs> I'm that guy that's like, yo, dog, yeah, uh, just have him bring it by the house. I got five he, on it. And then are he,
4: you, hold on. Right, hold exactly. I was going to say, you sure you don't want to put five <laughs> on it? Maybe you can it.
1: wager a sausage on it or something. We had a,
4: <laughs> uh, Is This is not the last round, is it? Is this this is it. Round? Oh, okay. We what? need the, We need the. where do you want to
1: go? <laughs> well, I know. That's what should be yeah. playing right now yeah. while well, you decide on your wagers. But you did it verbally, so. More editing work for Brandon. We can always cut it out. It's called post. Well, yeah, post. That's true. All right. Well, y'all take care of that then. <laughs> All right. So, in the category of foreign superheroes, I have four foreign superheroes. One of which is made up. Hmm.
4: We want to guess the. Made so up
1: we're all going to yes. gonna mm-hmm. get, make our guess. So you're going to have gonna... to write down your answer. Oh, writing down, okay. write answers. down okay. your answer. All right. Super good radio. Yes. Thank you. Well. No, it's good. It's yeah, <laughs> fine. Yeah, because it's so compelling it's to watch ten-year-olds write down their answers. <laughs> go, go, go. Foreign superheroes. Mercury Man from Thailand the rape man from Japan <laughs> zoo man the human fly out of Mexico or busty lustra out of Russia
4: Can you repeat them one more time
1: Mercury man out of Thailand the rape man from <laughs> Japan Jesus Christ <laughs> Zooman, Man, the hu- the human fly, out of Mexico, or Busty Lustra, out of Russia.
3: All right, go from last to first.
1: All right. So, Colin, you go first. I'm not last.
4: I'm last. Yeah,
3: you time. are. You got one are point. Right? Well, Alex. Well, Alex. Go Alex. Ahead. Yeah. Alex.
0: You know, technically. All right. You yeah. want me? To go? Do you want me to go first?
3: Yes. Yeah. Zooman.
1: Man. Zoom Man. That is an actual foreign superhero. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, that
2: upsets me greatly.
3: This is me, <laughs> this is me changing my answer. Yeah, I was going to say. I can
2: change it now. Hey, 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 hey no, <laughs> no, you can't. That's why
1: we wrote it down.
2: All right. I said Zoom <laughs> Man as well.
1: Zooman, Man, just job, like Colin. Spider-Man, except he uses his powers to look up girl skirts, everybody. God, just dope. FYI. Colin stood in what? solidarity with me, though. I, think, I appreciate right. that, bro.
3: That's a real zoom right. thing? He looks up girls' skirts? That's, that's real. As a yeah, fly? Yeah, that's
1: a thing. Yeah.
3: Cool. That's fucking New dope. favorite superhero. He's,
1: he's the fake Superman. <laughs> huh. All right. So, Alex, you're negative two. Well done. I'm so uh, good at this. Oh, so I'm zero. <laughs> so I'm
4: the third. Perfect. Caleb next.
3: Call, Caleb.
1: Oh, are we going to go? Okay. So, Caleb, I put what did you have?
4: Mercury Man.
1: Mercury Man is a real superhero. Oh. He is basically the silver surfer of Thailand, from what I can tell. A former firefighter named Chan and his transsexual sister fight crime.
3: The right answer is going to be progressive. We have yeah, the right superheroes here in America, man. dude. Seriously, so now Caleb
1: is down to zero. Well done.
3: <sighs> I'm going to win, hey, Alex. I'm still going to win.
1: Call, oh, Brandon went with Zoom Man. Zoom Man, which we know to be mm-hmm. a real first. So,
4: but I still
3: have right two man?
1: points. So Brandon's now to two. Colin, the... Colin hasn't answered yet. Can you? I answer? I yeah, he did. Oh, you Colin had answered too? first. Yep. Yeah. He ragered his
3: one point, so he's at zero.
1: Dude, I should come up I with a
3: zero.
4: Busty, Busty Lustra,
1: wow, all that made That sounded up. too
4: good.
3: It did.
0: Too That's good. a great didn't name. It. It didn't sound
3: Russian enough to me, and I thought like, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Can surely. we quickly get the pro- portfolio of Rape Man? What's his closest? His... <laughs>
1: yeah, we definitely need to hear about this rape person. Hang on, I have to scroll back down to it. Uh, rape Man, a hero who right's wrongs through penetration. Oh Japan.
0: <laughs> I've seen. Okay, I, yeah. All right. <laughs> no.
1: yep. It's satirical. If it makes you feel any better. Oh also, God. I want.
0: I want Brandon. If you. If you could just do me a great favor, and I, I want you to clip out that sure. segment where Hold Jamie on, chants rape man. Yep. <laughs> and email that to me. I want that to be my new text tone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I don't think it'll show up. There's the rape. Oh, man there's cover, rape everybody.
3: man. Ooh, cool. Blue hood. Wow. Nice yellow. <laughs> not okay. Yeah.
2: It's a not yellow okay. glove
4: no.
3: to hush him up with. Kids, you gotta, you gotta get
4: permission. You gotta, you need consent.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, there's documentation. Under- As his
1: alter ego, he dispenses a surreal brand of justice through a business, rape man services that he runs with his uncle. Their business motto: "Righting wrongs through penetration." Wow! High school teacher by day, vigilante <laughs> by night.
0: Of course, he's a high school teacher.
1: This <laughs> is yeah. probably a gym teacher. Oh my god! Oh my god. All right. What's so next? all the gym, <laughs> oh, gym teacher listeners who just points. alienated,
0: I'm sorry. We love you.
1: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Brandon, you stay in the lead. You two somehow points. managed to walk away Survived. with two points and be the winner. So, do you remember the awesome thing that the winner gets to do at the end of the show? I get to choose
3: anywhere in North America that I want to go.
1: Well, there's that, but you don't really get that prize, so we're skipping oh, that. Point. Wait, oh wait! I know. I'm sucks. sorry. Where would you go?
3: I was gonna go to Juarez. <laughs> <Okay>. Juarez. <laughs> you ever yeah. been to Juarez, bro? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it a great place. Not
1: fun at all. You know what? You can have that prize. Just it sounds like <laughs> I heard not was, a good. I choice. heard those
3: five dollar donkey shows. You too <laughs> can fly coach right? to Juarez. <laughs> all right, true. what's my real prize?
1: No, at the end, the the kid gets to say, Hit it, Rockapella! Hit it,
3: Rockapella!
1: There you go. Well done.
3: All
2: right,
1: cool.
3: I'll, I'll throw in the outro song there, too. There you That's
4: go. That's
1: there,
3: okay. I, I thought
2: it was Do It, Rockapella, by the way, but hey, whatever.
3: What would you say?
1: I'm pretty sure it's Hit It.
3: No, it's
4: Do It. Oh. Damn it. Well,
1: wishful thinking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Either way, really. <laughs>
3: That was great, yeah. man. All right. And now Caleb has to stay on the radio for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about that, I'm like, fuck, she's gonna be asleep by the time we're done. Fuck, I will be. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> well,
2: that was fantastic. Thank I you, know, Jamie, for coming up with that. You're that uh, very well Yeah, that's pretty I'm cool. Glad that, out. that was awesome. Yep. So no, no real movement in the crypto geekology standings, right? Or Are we giving Brandon a point?
1: Brandon can have a point. All right, Brandon have, gets oh, yeah.
2: Point. Thank you, Jamie. Brandon gets You're a point. You're welcome. <laughs> So that means Able. Brandon now is not in not tied for last. So now he has I'm nine points. Um, Caleb has eleven. Colin has ten. Brandon has nine, and Alex has eight. Wow! Clean up that caboose, dog. That's Tight. My goal. I need to find. Like I need. A a, I, a alliteration for Alex in the basement. What, what do we got? Anything? Alex. Uh, annex. Ant- Alex. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anti attic. Alex. <laughs>
3: There
2: you go. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for this week. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? We want to uh, say a big shout out to Speaker Freaks for our um, Geek Squatch theme. Check them out at speakerfreaks.com. I'll let you figure out how to spell it. Uh, subscribe to Geek Squatch on iTunes. Rate us, review us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, visit our website at geeksquatch.com. Uh, our email is Geek Squat, or excuse me it's podcast at geeksquatch.com uh, follow us on Twitter GeeksquatchPod. pod any plugs that we want to make Alex nah just follow me on Twitter man at W.A. Hirsch Brandon
3: um, Twitter Sesame seed 83 Xbox Live Sesame seed 01 and I'll play some games with you Caleb
2: follow me on Twitter at Caleb MCC. All right, and this has been Colin Perkins. I'm on Twitter at Perkline, and I'm on video games at Broke Box. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. No.